This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. The Christian McCaffrey extension news broke during our show yesterday. My initial reaction was, yeah, this makes sense. It had to be done if you wanted to keep Christian and prevent a holdout. But the more I've thought about it over the last 20 hours or so, the more I like this deal for the Panthers. If the only argument against it is this, recent history. Oh, Tony Pollard. He had the same production as Zeke. Maybe even more efficient on his carries last year. Devontae Freeman, he wasn't worth the deal he got with Atlanta. And Todd Gurley, he got banged up almost immediately after becoming the richest running back in the sport. Well, that's not a good enough argument for me. McCaffrey, he's far more valuable than those three backs. He's more productive than those three backs. And he's going to have more longevity than all three as well. When you think about athletes that are great over decades, plural, it's usually the athletes who are forward-thinking in how they take care of their bodies. Michael Jordan was that way. If you look back in the 80s, you'll find many athletes that just showed up for preseason camp, and they've been drinking beer, hanging out the entire summer, And there's guys who would show up overweight. It just wasn't a 12-month cycle back then where you had to stay in shape all throughout the year in order to be the best. The standard has been risen. McCaffrey, he's a forward-thinking guy. He showed that when he was at Stanford, when he skipped the bowl game, and he was ridiculed for it. He was going to play the Tar Heels in the Sun Bowl. He decided, no, this game's not worth enough for me to potentially hurt myself and hurt my draft stock. As a result of him not risking his body there or risking a bad lasting impression, Carolina took him with the number eight pick in 2017. He also skipped out on the Pro Bowl this year. He didn't want that to affect his training schedule that he knew was going to start earlier with a new head coach. That's forward thinking. His approach, it reminds me of LeBron James, who many people are marveling at seeing how he's able to perform at an MVP-like level in year 17. Tom Brady, if you heard his interview with Howard Stern, if you read his book, The TB12 Method, it's all about the ways he handled his body to try and focus on longevity, to make sure he can play well into his 40s. I think McCaffrey has a lot of that in him. I noticed this when I was covering the Carolina Hurricanes, oddly enough. During the playoffs last year, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Many Panthers players visited the team. They did the hurricane siren before games. And when I saw McCaffrey, oh boy, he, he was trending on social media. He became a big deal because his arms, they were just jacked. He takes care of his body a lot better than I'd say 90%, maybe 95% of running backs in the NFL. That's the only way I can justify his usage rate and the fact that he hasn't gotten hurt. Look at this. 
Last two years, his usage, 2019, 93.5%. That's offensive snaps that he's out there, 93.5%. 2018, 91.3. That's first in the NFL both years. Second place, Zeke Elliott, and you have to drop quite a ways to get to number two. Remember I said in 19, it's 93.5%. Zeke, he was at 83.6. It's about 10 points difference. It's amazing. 2018, the same way. Drops eight points to get to Zeke. And that's McCaffrey just in his second year. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. He's 23 years old. Unlike Todd Gurley, he has no injury history. Oh, I take that back. He missed one college game his entire time at Stanford. The rest of the way, he played every single game. Every single game. He missed a mid-October game against Notre Dame, either his final year or second to last year in Palo Alto. Todd Gurley, meanwhile, he's only played 16 games once in his five years in the NFL. Gurley has played every single game since being drafted. Todd Gurley, I remember covering him in Eastern North Carolina at Tarboro. He was telling me about his ankles, how how injured they were as he continued to trudge through the uh, high school playoffs at that time. One of the more dominant programs in the state of North Carolina. He was still dealing with injury. At Georgia, he tore his ACL, had ankle concerns there. None of that with McCaffrey. No injuries to point at at all. Unlike Zeke Elliott, you don't have to worry about McCaffrey one bit when it comes to off-the-field issues. Just look at what's happening with the coronavirus pandemic. McCaffrey, he has this campaign that's going to give back a lot in charity to people who need help as a result of this virus in the city of Charlotte, in the state of North Carolina. What have we seen from Zeke Elliott? Last weekend, he's breaking an ordinance in the state of Texas to party it up with Dak Prescott. There's video of this. They're throwing a big party. There's Zeke. They're wanting to throw his friend a birthday party. There's Zeke. And that's not the only thing he's had. He pushed a security guard last year. There was the domestic violence allegations. There's Gurley ripping down the shirt of a girl as a joke and exposing her breasts. Not great from Gurley. Or not Gurley, but Zeke Elliott. Christian McCaffrey, what's the worst thing that's happened with him? Nothing. He's been raised in a football family. Ed McCaffrey, great Broncos receiver, was a color commentator after his career ended with the Broncos radio network. McCaffrey, he's been around NFL locker rooms his entire life, pretty much. His brothers, they've all been in football. One of them played at Duke, another playing at Michigan. They know exactly the way they're supposed to act. He's never stepped a foot out of line. If you want to compare him to somebody, Luke Keekley's his closest friend in that locker room or was his closest friend in that locker room. They're so much alike. They play video games. McCaffrey loves Bruce Lee. He stays out of trouble. There's no chance you're going to see a TMZ headline involving McCaffrey throwing a party when the state's saying you can't have a group of 10 people come together. On Twitter, at SportsUpTriad, if you'd like to chime in. 336-777-1600 is the phone number.
Robert Walsh is producing today's show. Aaron Gabriel, he's in the control room. We're going to be joined by Darren Gant to talk more about the McCaffrey contract in a little over 20 minutes. Robert, behind the scenes, is trying to get my ESPN Plus information because he wants to look at Mel Kuyper's newest mock draft. I'll tell you another reason why you need to get on ESPN+. Plus. One of the coolest shows out there, and I discovered this because I have more time on my hands, out, uh, on my hands outside the show. Have you watched the show Detail before? This was started by Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, uh, brainchild of this. But then he got Peyton Manning to be a part of the project, and he'd break down quarterback play. Well, now they've gotten Nick Saban looped into this. And Saban is breaking down some of the quarterbacks that are expected to be drafted next week. The two he chose to profile, of course, his own guy, Tua Tungavaloa. But he also did Joe Burrow. How crazy is this, Robert? What would be the most apt comparison to everyday life for somebody asking Nick Saban to break down Burrow's championship tape against Clemson. Like, I think about it as if I asked you, Robert, to break down video of your ex-girlfriend going on a date with Brad Pitt. (laughs) Like, a guy beat you. A guy beat you. This has to be personal. Burrow, he carved you up in Tuscaloosa. And Nick Saban, he's endorsing Burrow here. Like, is that the most apt comparison you could come up with here? Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, I don't know if I would give as glowing a review of my girlfriend going on a date with Brad Pitt as he did Burrow, but that remains to be seen. He endorsed him. He said, great vision. He's good. He went through all the plays. He's a guy who doesn't make any mistakes. He makes the right decision. He might overthrow somebody, but he extends plays. That's something that Nick pointed out. When I watch this, and I've been thinking about this for a while now, trying to come up with good comps for Tua and Burrow, this is the best I could come up with. I don't want to just name one guy because I think for each star prospect, there's a best-case scenario and there's a worst-case scenario. For Burrow, his best case is Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy who can roll outside the pocket, extend plays. He's very instinctive, makes the right decision almost every time, personality-wise. A little bit of an introvert, but man, he can he can really hold the grudge and be somebody who sticks it to you at times. He has that same kind of demeanor that Rodgers does. Very accurate passer. I like Rodgers to Burrow in a best-case scenario, or Burrow to Rodgers. He doesn't make many mistakes, does not throw picks. Worst-case scenario, I'd probably say it's Tony Romo which means it's still pretty damn good, right? Tony Romo, not a Hall of Famer, but can roll out of the pocket, make plays, noteworthy quarterback, Pro Bowls. So it's a safe pick. I've already acknowledged, while I like Tua more than Burrow, it is a safer pick to go with Burrow than Tua. As for Saban's analysis on Tua, he pointed out great accuracy and touch, athletic enough, to get out of the pocket if he needs to, understands protection enough to protect himself. And it was a good showcasing of Tua's talent. 
the best case scenario for Tua, uh, thinking about that one, it's it's Drew Brees. Very accurate. I think Tua is the most accurate quarterback I've seen coming out of college. Worst case, I think of a couple Bengals quarterbacks, oddly enough. Carson Palmer, because I think the worst case scenario, it's just injuries holding him back. But if he doesn't get injured and it's just a worst case scenario from a performance standpoint, it's Andy Dalton. Accurate, might take you to the playoffs a handful of times, can't really overcome a bad organization, needs to be put in great spots, needs great talent around him. He had all of that at Alabama. And Dalton, when he's successful, obviously he needed the weapons too. A.J. Green out wide in Cincinnati pretty much his entire career with Cincinnati. So there you have it. Best case for Tua, it's Breeze. Worst case, it's Andy Dalton or Carson Palmer because of injury. Best case for Joe Burrow, it's Aaron Rodgers. And the worst case, I think, is Tony Romo. So it's a very safe pick there. Darren Gant again in a little over 15 minutes. The new Michael Jordan documentary series, The Last Dance, it's expected to be the best representation of who MJ was as an NBA player. But it's not the only example of that. There is another event that I think best captured Jordan, and I'll tell you what that is next. We handle our microphones slightly better than the Patriots' Bill Belichick. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. I want to clarify something because breaking news came down. Dave Clawson and John Curry taking a 10% pay cut amid the coronavirus pandemic. Curry was speaking in his quad newsletter and had this quote that Connor O'Neill just tweeted out. Quote, our head coaches have volunteered to stand in solidarity with President Hatch, the cabinet, and academic deans in taking pay reductions, led by Coach Clausen, who's joining me in taking a 10% cut immediately. That kind of implies that all the coaches will be taking a pay cut. It's just Curry and Clausen that are taking a 10% pay cut. Just wanted to put that out there as we welcome in. Darren Gant, our good friend from ProFootballTalk.com, Christian McCaffrey, he gets the big contract extension yesterday, record amount of dollars in terms of average annual salary. And when I think of good business leaders and I think of good coaches in sports, they, they understand risk. And while I understand extending McCaffrey to be a risk for Carolina, I think there's a lot of reason to believe this is a good gamble. What do you think? Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, I was never, I mean, listen, Christian McCaffrey's obviously their best football player. He's obviously the most popular player in town now that Cam's gone, uh, even though he was probably more popular than Cam to begin with. Uh, but now that Cam and Luke Keekley and Greg Olson are gone, he's what you've got left. And I think... You know, we could debate all day, and, and thank God for the NFL giving us hashtag content during this time. Mm-hmm. But um, we could debate all day about the value of running backs generically. But I think particular to the Carolina Panthers, particular to right now, if you don't re-sign Christian McCaffrey, well, there's a couple of things at play. Number one, if you don't pay Christian McCaffrey right now, he ain't showing up next week. 
he is not coming to your voluntary off-season virtual program, whatever it is. He's not going to participate, and, and as he shouldn't do. I mean, the way he was used in the past – um, he, I mean, he was well within his rights and did the right thing by getting himself paid now, you know, and I think there was probably a not so thinly veiled threat that he wasn't going to be around for it. But beyond that, beyond playing nice with your best player, if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, there's zero reason to pay your money to go watch the Carolina Panthers this year. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's nice. Robbie Anderson's fine. I think DJ Moore's a nice player. But why would you leave your house, pay your hard-earned at a time uh, when nobody's even sure if it's safe to be in a crowd of people to watch a football game? Why would you spend your money on it? I just don't think the exam- the argument of recent history with running backs, I don't think it's a strong enough argument against the Panthers signing McCaffrey because if you go into individual circumstances – I think McCaffrey is far more productive, used a lot more than Todd Gurley, has no injury history like Todd Gurley, no off-field issues like Zeke Elliott, and money in those specific franchises, those specific instances, there are other places it could go. Dak Prescott, the offensive line, wide receiver, Todd Gurley. I mean, Jared Goff was looking for an extension soon after that. There were a lot of stars to pay. The Panthers, there was nobody else... And on top of that, I don't see any injury history aside from him missing one game his entire career at Stanford. Or is there any comp to what this uh, for this McCaffrey contract that you value? Well, I, I mean, it's tricky because all those guys you mentioned are, are very different, and I do think the way he's used. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's game is based on speed. They did that cute little social distancing video the other day where he was running away from people. Um, that's his deal. He's not a pounded up the middle kind of running back. He's not Ezekiel Elliott where you worry about him getting beat up, carrying it 300 times a year the way he carries it. So I think there's a little bit less of a risk there. I mean, I, I just think, you know, even though it gets a little it gets a little preachy, a little sloganeering, you know, when Matt Rule talks about the way the guy plays the game and the impact he has as a dual-threat player, I, I think he's a unique player. I mean, if you're looking for running back comp, the guy you got to compare him to is Marshall Falk. And Marshall Falk was a pretty inter- integral part of a pretty good offense there for a long time. So I, I think there's a way to do this with Christian McCaffrey in, in the middle of your offense. you just got to be smart about it. It's Darren Gant with us from ProFootballTalk.com. He's on Twitter, at Darren Gant. Let's dive deeper into the contract, though. What do you make of this simply being a four-year extension after the next two years of his cheaper rookie deal? Well, I mean, uh, for one thing, it it stretches it out. It gives you a little more flexibility salary cap-wise, and it also gives you the opportunity, I mean, uh, to – by having six years to prorate things, if if you get four years into this thing and it's not working out and it's not viable, then you swallow it. I mean, listen, unless what's going on now it just dramatically changes the entire economic system of of the NFL, salary cap keeps going up ten or twelve million dollars a year. And while $16 million a year average looks horrendous now, and you worry about, oh my God, are they going to have any money left in? Four years, that can look like a drop in the bucket. I mean, and also, don't forget, there's a new TV contract that's going to be hammered out before this money hits for McCaffrey. Sure, and and again, I, I'm I'm like everybody else in this country. I'm a little bit hesitant to apply old rules. 
to a new world. I mean, we don't know. You know, at the time they signed a CBA, I thought, well, the players kind of took one here because, you know, the owners are getting ready to do a do a TV deal, but that was before coronavirus, and and we don't know. I mean, there are a lot of media companies struggling right now, and you know, there's there's a reasonable argument to be made with. There was a story about Disney's struggles right now, and you know, where do you come down? Does ESPN need the NFL so much they'll overspend for it, or do they not have the money for the NFL right now? It's going to be tricky, and it's going to be complicated, but, you know, I, I just think with McCaffrey, there's so many there's so many things beyond just the he's your best football player that made it worth doing, even though I, you know, while I might not have given that kind of contract to Ezekiel Elliott, the fact that this guy does more stuff makes me a little more willing to do it. Let's talk about the draft next week. What interests you most about everything going all virtual? Um, <laughs> I, I'm always curious. I mean, there are a lot of GMs in this in this league who would be perfectly comfortable working off an Excel spreadsheet and an extra hard line in their house and just doing it over the telephone. So anytime old people in technology combine, it's always madcap labs. <laughs> but the Dave Gettleman's and the Marty Herney's of the world are – you know they're they're going to get schooled up. I, I think that part of it's going to be fine. You know I, I try to you know look beyond the normal. I I think players are probably fortunate that they're not out dropping twenty thousand dollars on an ugly suit that they'll never wear again. I think it might go a little quicker with a little less goofing around with Roger Goodell hugging people. So that it might pick up the pace a little bit, and and we may find that it makes for a better program. I mean, it's not going to be. It's not going to have the same energy as a live event. You know how I feel about live events. There's an energy in the room that you can't replace. But in terms of a TV product, I think a draft is a thing you could do virtually, pretty painlessly, honestly. Is it possible the evaluation might actually get better without all the nonsense of oh, we got to make sure we go to this pro day and we interview him this many times and watch this right. certain watch him do these certain things in shorts. Is it possible the valuing more of tape is going to result in better picks being made? Possible, and there's a there's a real argument to be made for that. I think back to the example of Robert Kimdiche, who got high and fell out of a window of an Atlanta hotel. The Arizona Cardinals interviewed the guy three times. He convinced them that he was all about football. He convinced them that he was serious this time, and he was making the most of this opportunity. Then he showed up and didn't make any plays. I mean, the guy was a great player in college, and if all you go on is the, whether he could play or not, that's fine. But I think some people, I think players are trained enough in those interviews that you're able to con teams. And, and maybe some guys who are character risk don't get the opportunity to convince a team there's something other than what they presented themselves to be. Really quickly, who do you like for the Carolina Panthers at number seven? What if I say Justin Herbert? Is that okay? I. I probably wouldn't say so, but I, I mean, if he drafts quarterback, it makes our job yeah. a lot more fun. If they draft yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Bridgewater's a nice piece, but I don't think he precludes you from drafting quarterback. If you think the right guy's there, I mean, keep in mind, here's your little nugget for today. Before the travel ban or whatever you want to call it went into effect, the travel restrictions, Marty Herney was standing in Eugene, Oregon, watching Justin Herbert's pro day. It was one of the very last pro days on the schedule, and he went out there for a reason. I think there's some interest, and they're going to check off all those quarterback boxes. If they're all gone, I think they're fine going with Derek Brown or Ken Law or 
or, or I'd say Simmons, you know, I mean, you could fill in any blank on defense and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong if you're the Carolina Panthers because they need players at every level. But if there's if the right quarterback's there, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger at seven. It's good to hear your voice, Darren. I hope you're safe, staying safe. You and the dog are hunkering down in the Queen City. appreciate you spending time here in the triad. Yeah, man, we're good. Everybody stay safe, stay home, and, and listen to people. We're staying home for a reason. Right on. I, I second that. That's Darren Gant. He's on Twitter, at Darren Gant from ProFootballTalk.com. There is a story. Remember Kirk Herbstreet had the comment that everybody got mad at when they asked his opinion on the college football season and the NFL season, whether or not it would be played? He said he would be surprised. His broadcast partner, Chris Fowler, might have said something even more controversial than that. I'll tell you what that is. And we're going to open up some trading cards. Next. Josh Graham loves to talk sports. He also loves writing sports poetry, but he can't think of a rhyme for pocket. Oh, I get it. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Spring football might not be dead yet. The XFL filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy yesterday. It doesn't seem like they're going to return. But Chris Fowler of ESPN, the lead play-by-play man for college sports, the voice of the college football playoff, he said this today to the Sports Business Daily. Um, He was asked about the college football season, and he said there is a proposal. There is something that is going to sound crazy to you at first, but it's a proposal that is, quote, gaining momentum that would have the 2020 college football season postponed to 2021, but not in the fall. Have it be February through May. February through May, college football season. When I first read this, I saw, not going to happen. It's not plausible. Can't happen. So many things will get messed up. What about the draft? What about the next season? Is that going to be a quick enough turnaround? Then I thought, it might be crazy enough to work because it's temporary. It's temporary. So many changes have already been made that we thought would be unprecedented in this country. And it wouldn't be the first time that something crazy has happened on a temporary basis. Remember, when Hurricane Katrina hit the city of New Orleans, The Saints, they played in San Antonio in 2005. How about the Rose Bowl? Robert, the Rose Bowl's held in Pasadena, California every single year. It's a beautiful venue. It's the granddaddy of them all. Do you know the one other place that that bowl game has been played in history? It's been played one other place other than the Rose Bowl in California. I have no idea. Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. Cool. The Rose Bowl. Why? Well, a thing called World War II was happening. Pearl Harbor had people afraid that they shouldn't play the game on the West Coast, so they held it the furthest place possible, Durham, North Carolina. If the Rose Bowl can be played in Durham, college football can be played in February. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. You've already brought up the points that I was already going to make. So what happens to the next season? What happens to the draft? How does that work? Because like you're bringing up stuff that didn't affect the date. Think about baseball. 
Baseball has its draft. It's not a very physical sport, though. These guys have to turn around and play again in six months if we do this. Major League Baseball has its draft in the middle of the baseball season. So when, when teams aren't getting ready for their season like they would, I mean, getting ready for the game coming up that week in the NFL with college football happening concurrently, they could evaluate a lot more. They could have the draft in the middle of a season. I don't care about the draft. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm talking about the next season, that year's season. So these kids are going to have to turn around and play again in six months. I don't think that's enough time for their bodies to heal. I don't think that's enough time for any of that. I think it might be. I don't They're not know if, playing though. You know? I, I don't like, know. For, I don't know for sure the answer to your question, right? Yeah, that's why like, I don't think this can happen. I, I don't know. Well, you don't know either. I, like you're just asking the question. You don't know if you can't turn around that way. Like they're playing spring football just a few months after. Like who's to say? We other. don't know. We don't know the answer. I don't know medically. And Chris Fowler's not a doctor either. It's a fair question to ask. I don't think either of us qualified to answer it. But if 18 to 22 year olds can turn around and have a football season five or six months later, then they will find a way to do that. I think that would you be need extremely to do reckless. We'll see. The questions have to be answered, but I do think if medically what what's suggested, football already isn't healthy. But if they figure out a way they can make it happen, it's a situation where they're going to try and make it work. Colleges, it's different than pro, where in the NFL – Everybody's getting paid, and there are less hurdles to overcome. If college campuses aren't open, if campuses aren't open to have classes, you cannot convince people that you should be having games on campus, that you could be having these massive amounts of kids together hitting each other on the field for our entertainment. Athletic departments, they need funding. We're seeing cutting already just because of the March Madness tournament being lost. We're seeing that. Wake Forest coaches taking a pay cut announced today. So football, it funds so much. So if they can find a way to get games on the field, whether it's February or September, that would be significant. And we're all going to watch, right? We're all going to be there for that. Like March Madness, we'll, we'll still watch college basketball, but we watch college basketball in November when there's football games going on as well. So I think this isn't, the craziest thing I've ever heard. Chris Fowler suggesting this. A very smart person, the voice of the college football playoff on ESPN. Maybe he's just saying this because he wants to do Monday Night Football alongside Kirk Street as well as college football. But who knows? We got trading cards here. Last week, we debuted our NFL trading card war. We get nostalgic about baseball around here. And we have a segment with Darren Vaught where we have Throwback Thursday Baseball. And we get nostalgic about trading cards. I loved opening up trading cards, so we're trying to bring that to the radio. I loved playing war as a kid. So this is what we call NFL trading card war, where we have packs of cards, 10 players apiece. You open them up, and then we're going to have five categories that you have to place out of your 10 players. You have to position them in, and then they're going to go head-to-head, and Aaron's going to choose who wins that particular battle. What are the categories this week? Uh, we have chosen best boyfriend, best dressed, most likely to kill a deer, most likely to return from the pandemic overweight, and most likely to go to a Justin Bieber concert. Wow. That's six. That is five. Oh. Boyfriend, dressed, deer, overweight, Bieber. 
Bieber. Okay. I didn't write down best dressed here. Bieber. Okay. Got it. Let's open up our packs of cards here. My cards are already open. Oh, you already opened the cards? Got it. I did not already open them. Okay. Uh, this might be a good time to hit the intro music. This means war! Hey, you're a tough little guy, aren't you? This means war! Hey, hey, it's cool, it's cool! This means war! What? Does it have to? Can it mean something else? Okay, you dirtbags! This means war! Finish him! How are you feeling about your pack this week? My pack was a lot better than yours last week. I just didn't put the guys in the right slot, and I lost convincingly. Yeah, this is a this is not a great draft of cards. I'm looking at mine. It seems like every pack you get a quarterback. I have one that's a trio. I think I have to might I might have to throw that one out. Like there's one that's Lamar Miller, Deshaun Watson, and DeAndre Hopkins. I might have to just throw that one out. I have I have cards of people you've never even heard of, Josh. You want to give me an example? Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Wasn't he in the NFC South? Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's four teams, dude. Where did he go to college? <laughs> what position does he play? Uh, you have no clue who Anthony Johnson <laughs> is. Was he a tight end? He was not. Damn. I feel like he was a pass catcher. I'm going to throw wide receiver out there, too. I feel like he might have touched the ball at some point. Uh, All right. I'm looking at my pack of cards here. I don't really like what I have here. Me either, but I'm going to make it work. All right. I got one that's a a lock. I feel pretty good about one. An absolute lock. The rest of them, though. Kill a deer? I might not know enough. (laughs) <laughs> about some of these guys. I finally got a double. I had uh, Debo Samuel last week, and I have Debo oh, Samuel no. again. Debo, Debo was really important for you last week, if I remember correctly. All right, so I got two positioned in play so far. The Bieber cons, that is key. Oh, I got it. Oh, man. Some of these are just coming into place now. Feeling really good about a couple of them. All right. Where are you at, Robert? Uh, I still need to get my best dressed, most likely to kill a deer, and overweight. I just need to do best dressed, and I think I have him. So I have my five ready to go. All right, we can uh, we can roll with the punches here. All right, best boyfriend, who do you got? I have Zach Ertz as best boyfriend. I have Zach Ertz, too. No way. I swear I have Ertz written down. So is That's that a, a push. Wash? That That's has a to be wash. a wash. Wow. So we, we could both, end up in a tie on we this. We both have Zach Ertz. All right. Best dressed. Best dressed, I'm going to pull Jamal Adams. He looked good on rookie night. That's the only time I've ever seen him dressed up. Shredded. Uh, yeah, and the dude looks good naked. So Nick Chubb. All right, Aaron. His last name is Chubb. <laughs> maybe you should have used him for overweight then if you were trying to get some destiny going. Or maybe boyfriend. Maybe. Jamal Adams tastes the cake on this. I feel like Aaron holds things against me. I feel like he holds grudge. I'm a completely impartial judge. How dare you? All right, then I better not lose this one. Killed a deer. I got Chandler Jones. 
Chandler Jones. He'll I kill have, him with his bare hands. I have. He's a California guy, but I'm going Clay Matthews with Kill a Deer. I feel like he owns a gun. I feel like he would be able to at least run him over with a Jeep or something. Family by proxy, Chandler Jones will kill that deer one way or the other. He does have a lot of famous uh, brothers. Aaron, where do you stand on that one? I would believe the Matthews family were hunters before I would believe the Jones family were hunters. Well, it didn't say hunters. It just said kill a deer. Right, didn't yeah. say by vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Jones' brother could tear him up with his hands. But you played Chandler Jones. I, I mean, I'm just, I just, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Overweight, I better win this one. Jameis Winston. Yeah, okay, because I have Harrison Smith for that. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Thank you. Cake. No All right. Intended. Bieber. Matt Ryan. Uh, I have Marcus Mariota. Mm. Matt Ryan looks like he's straight out of a belt, a belt commercial. Mm. I feel like Marcus Mariota is the kind of hipster, though, where everybody would be like, yeah, we hate Bieber. And Mariota would be like, no, he's actually pretty good if you listen to his music, bro. Marcus Mariota's younger. Uh, Matt Ryan's going with his kids. Does so. Matt Ryan have kids? He has kids? I'm sure Definitely. Go on, Matt Ryan. Thank you. Now we're tied 2-2. Two to two. What do we do? Aaron, say a category out loud very quickly. Just give us something that we can do. I have all I was going to do something that's completely football related, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's see. Best date. Best date. We're talking a one-night stand here. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my gosh. So just, just the guy that you're you're trying to see for a little bit. Go no. wine and dine you real quick. Any of the players you had remaining. Uh, I'm going Nick Chubb. Right. You've already played Chubb. I know. No, you don't know the name of any of the other players I have. I have all rookies left, dude. Me I have, too. I have Rodney Anderson, Justice Hill, Paris Campbell, Anthony Johnson, Debo Samuel. I've got you Justice Hill, to, too. You cannot play Chubb again. Okay, I won't play Chubb again. Uh, unless we're all okay, unless we're allowed to play. Then I get to play Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Lamar Hill. All right, that's a great date for you, lady. All right, you get three, and then I'm just gonna take Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, he's a rip dude. He played in South Carolina. He's got Southern hospitality. I think three against one. I'm gonna I'm gonna win that one out. That sounds like a problematic evening. Sounds like a train to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You are listening to WSJS Winston-Salem, WCOG Creedsboro, WPCM Burlington, WMFR High Point. Those signals making up Sports Up Triant. I think that ends in a tie. Providing you with the latest sports news, commentary, and analysis, plus tips on how to cheat at bingo. Oh, 69. Bingo! You're on the drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Leading up to the NFL draft, which is nine days away, we've been doing drafts the last few weeks in the month of April. We did an all-time Panthers fantasy draft, which I think almost by consensus, my team was the best according to social media. Aaron. His team was the best, according to those chiming in on social media, for our all-time ACC Big Four draft today in honor of Michael Wilbon joining us in an hour. Michael Jordan, the documentary dropping on Sunday, The Last Dance. We're going to do our all-time NBA fantasy draft today. Robert, you need to get on the board here. You haven't done that yet, and... Robert, you got to have your big board together. We already have our draft order. 
And for the first time, I have the number one pick. Aaron's picking second. And Robert, you're given the position that you want most here. You haven't had that coveted third pick, which in a snake draft allows you to pick back to back. Yep, I'm very excited, and uh, I'm not the worst drafter here, so I don't want to hear that mess just because I haven't won. I bet my average draft position is higher than yours. So, Whoa. Let's hit the imaging. The Atlanta Braves select Jason Hurts. The New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. The Charlotte Hornets select P.J. Washington Jr. The Carolina Panthers select Cam Newton. Bang, 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 bang. With the NFL Draft right around the corner, the drive with Josh Graham is on the clock. This is the all-time NBA Fantasy Draft. So number one, do I go Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I'm just going to go Michael, man. I think he's the greatest. My opinion hasn't been changed, even though I love LeBron. It's weird. If you say you like Michael more than LeBron, people think you hate LeBron James somehow or vice versa. I'm not going to say you're stupid if you think LeBron's better than Michael, but I'm going Michael as my shooting guard and my number one pick. Aaron, you're up next. I'm not going to go the direction you probably think I'm going to go just because I'm a different kind of cat. I'm going to start with the point guard position. I'm going to take Magic Johnson. Wow. This might be a bold strategy move on his part, knowing that if there's a lot more you potentially could have it forward than you do point guard among the all-time greats. We'll see how that works out for you. Uh, for my last pick of the first round, uh, I'm going to go with a guy who was number one on my board anyway, uh, and he fell to me at the third pick. I'm going to go LeBron James. LeBron James? You have him over Michael Jordan. So, are you going to do the obvious thing with the first pick of the second round? I think you already know where I'm going. I'm going Kobe Bean Bryant. <laughs> Kobe? The first shocker of the draft. Kobe paired with LeBron. R.I.P. Kobe. That is a heck of a hustle team. I'll take those two against y'all's full drafted team. All right. Aaron, it's amazing how things have fallen to you at this moment. Who are you going with? Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to go complete opposite side of the court. I'm going to take Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq! Okay, I'm going to race to the podium. I'm going to go with the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't think any of that matters since they're playing against fictional people, but keep going off those real-world stats, buddy. Kareem is my pick, and I have another one, and... I'm just going to – I think I'm going to wrap up my front court. I'm going to go with Tim Duncan as my power forward. Duncan and Kareem in the post, MJ to shooting guard. Aaron, you're up next. All right. Uh, as it stands right now, you took Timmy D. He was on my board. I would so, hope so. Uh, he was, he was, he was. So what I do right now is I will address uh, – a small forward position and a small forward I would take actually yeah I'm still going to do it I'm going to take Kevin Durant Ooh. KD as the small forward I thought you might be considering another small forward there 
Robert, you have two in a row here, man. A lot of great names still left on the board. Uh, yeah, I was going to go center here, but I, I know we're only adding one center to our roster, and I feel like there are a lot of great centers I could take, whether it be Bill Russell, I could get Will Chamberlain, but I'm going to let that sit, and I'm going to let you guys pick your center. You can have the cream of the crop. Uh, to start right here at... See, I'm tossing it around. I want a team that can score on defense but also win in a shootout. And I don't think I need somebody at the one to create shots for Kobe and LeBron. I think I need somebody who can <laughs> score on their own. Who's Kobe going to pass to? Maybe go Stockton. <laughs> He's not yeah. passing to anybody. Yeah, Stockton ain't shooting, shooting the ball. First pick, I'm going to go Carl Malone at my four. Wow. Carl Malone at the four. All right, so you have one more to go here. This is the start of the fourth round. And I'm going to go ahead and dip into my bench, if you guys don't mind. I'm going to take Giannis and make him my bench forward. Giannis off the bench for Robert. Your next pick, Aaron Gabriel. So far, I have Magic Johnson, Keel O'Neal, Kevin Durant, I believe I'll address the shooting guard position. I will take. This is where it gets tough. Yeah, it is kind of sticky. You could have KD as your two if you want to. I'm not going to do that. I appreciate that. I've already written it <laughs> I'm going to go with Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller at your two. I'm fine being the old school guy. I have no issue. My small forward, I'm going Larry Bird. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Larry Bird. So I got MJ, I got Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Meanwhile, Aaron, to keep people posted, Magic Johnson, Reggie Miller, Kevin Durant, Shaq, Robert, has Kobe, LeBron, Carl Malone, and Giannis is going to be coming off his bench. The format... You pick your starting five, you have a bench guard and a bench forward. So I need a point guard. So I'm just going to go ahead and go Steph Curry. I think they could share the ball. Steph, MJ, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Kareem. There might be enough to share that basketball a bit. So my starting five is set. Aaron, you got to fill the power forward spot somehow. Is that where you're going here? It is where I'm going, and I was stuck between... Kevin Dar uh, Kevin Garnett or a new school Anthony Davis. I'm going Anthony Davis. Man, slapping in the face. Chuck Barkley or Dirk Nowitzki. Scottie Pippen, maybe. A lot of good power forwards. Robert has Carl Malone as his power forward. So you need a point guard, you need a center. I do, and I think I'm going to address center first because I have back-to-back -back picks anyway. And I'm going to take... I'm going to take Bill Russell here. Bill Russell, he's got the rings. A lot of combined rings on Robert's team. Now we're starting the sixth round in our all-time NBA fantasy draft. And I'm going to get the quarterback of my... Offense, I am going to get Steve Nash. Steve Nash is think, the dude. I think he can uh, keep all of those personalities in order. He's got Kobe. He's got LeBron. 
He's the mild-mannered guy, and he can uh, dish it out a little bit. Man, I'm looking at my big board here, and there's 21 picks, so I have 21 people on my board. And number, number 11, 13, and 14 still available at the moment. Robert, you have one more pick remaining. It is Aaron's turn right now, though. Uh, I think I got my starting five squared away, so I'm going to address my bench. And I'm thinking I may start. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to keep that forward pick because I think I can come around to get him anyway. So I am going to take as a backup guard coming off the bench. Oscar Robinson. Oh! I thought I was going to get Oscar. Damn, that hurts. All right, I'm going to knock these out quickly. Bench forward, I'm going to go Wilt Chamberlain. Bench guard. Wilt is a forward? Is that just where we're going to put him at? Forward or center coming off your bench. You get, it's kind of like a flex we've off your bench. Said, we've always you said, always said forward. forward or guard. Well, wait. What? If you can have a point guard or in the shooting guard as your guard then, spot, yeah, you can have a small or a power as your forward. There's so I no can't. So center. I can't go Wilt Chamberlain. No, there. or I would have grabbed every good center and put them <laughs> as my forward. All right, fine. Then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a little versatility. I'm gonna take Scottie Pippen. Him and Michael Jordan have great. Michael hasn't won a championship without Scottie, so I need Scottie on the roster. I'm gonna have him there as my bench forward. My bench guard is going to be Dwayne Wade. So I got D. Wade, Scotty Pippen. My team is set. Steph Curry, MJ, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Kareem, D. Wade, and Scotty Pippen. We need to speed this up. You each have one pick. Aaron, you're up first. For my final pick, I need to address my bench forward spot. Coming off the bench at forward will be none other than the worm, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Look at you. Good defensive pick. That is a very good defensive pick. And, Robert, you need a bench guard. Who's it going to be? I am taking Ray Allen. Ray Allen to round things out. So the lineups go like this. For me, at my point guard, Steph Curry, shooting guard, Michael Jordan, small forward, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, the power forward, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the center, bench guard, Dwayne Wade, bench forward, Scottie Pippen. For Aaron, Magic Johnson, point guard. Reggie Miller rounds out the backcourt. Kevin Durant, small forward. Anthony Davis, power forward. Shaq at center. And the, on the bench, you have Oscar Robertson and Dennis Rodman. For Robert, Steve Nash, the point. Kobe, shooting guard. LeBron, small forward. Carl Malone at power. And Bill Russell, center. On the bench, Ray Allen and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let us know who had the best team. On Twitter at Sports Hub Triad, Robert's going to throw that up in just a minute. Let us know who had the best roster, the best draft, our NBA all-time draft. Next week, I think we're going to do college football. But who knows? A lot could change between now and next week. But up next, I'll tell you why Christian McCaffrey will last a lot longer. We'll have a lot more longevity than Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, or Devontae Freeman. This is a Tuesday Drive.